Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, the very thankful, legendary Randy Erickson. And I'm thankful because I'm going to go to AR Worlds. So, like a week or so ago, I thought about how I get there. And how do I get people to pay me? So, I did a GoFundMe page. Not knowing what to expect, but in two days, um, well, I'm like $88 short of my goal. So, but uh, it's enough to get me a plane ticket, um, vehicle, you know, able to get around. I'm going to have some help from a couple of teams that um, we'll just talk about those maybe next week. So very exciting that I'm going to be there and get to hang out with all the cool kids. Um, really looking forward to the race. There's going to be a lot of different storylines there. Um, new teams, old teams, old teams that are underdogs. So uh, thank you to everybody that uh, contributed. Um don't worry, this won't be a regular thing. Um, I can't expect uh, I can't expect to ask you every time, but um, I think it'll be good for all of us and help out the dot watchers. So, thank you again. Not much else going on. Uh, real world stuff. So, I guess I'll just say thank you again. Um, kind of a cool episode. Uh, it is a cool episode, but I probably shouldn't say that every time because then if I don't say it, you're going to think that this one sucked, but this one didn't suck. So um, Isla Smith is Seagate's new secret weapon, maybe. Um, raced with uh, Nathan, Chris, and Stu at uh, Raiden, France, and uh, came out on top. Um not racing with them at World Champions. She'll be racing with the Torpedo 7 team. Um, so, there's another little storyline. Anyway, um, enjoy. Go fast. Take chances. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving. And um, here we go. Are you there? This is Randy. Hi, it's Isla. How are you? Um, busy, but what's new, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah, I've um working on my GoFundMe project to get me to Worlds, so I've been busy thanking people. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Okay, I want to ask you the hard question first. Is that okay? Okay. Um what's the best bar in Bozeman, Montana? What was that? Sorry, I missed that actually. <laughs> What's the best bar in Bo- in Bozeman, Montana? Oh, the best bar? Oh, probably the the uh, Bozeman Ale Works. I think that was the yeah. name of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been a couple of years. I can't remember the exact name of it, but uh, but you knew you knew how to get there, right? Oh yeah, yeah, down the end of Main Street. <laughs> so, so how did how did you get to Bozeman to go to school? Uh, through my university. Um, we have an exchange program, um, and they have a bunch of exchange universities around the world. And I decided that I'd like to um, go and study somewhere else for a while and had a look around, and I thought Bozeman looked like a pretty cool town. And sure enough, it was a yeah, pretty incredible place. So I was just a bit disappointed I couldn't stay there for longer. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that, yeah, I, I never knew that schools have sister schools, exchange schools. Yeah, yeah, and it's very cool. It's very affordable and a, a, certainly an affordable way of traveling and seeing a bit of the world while studying. Do you Have you yeah. been to Bozeman? Do you know it? Yeah, I've been not there but in the area a few times. So, I'm, I mean, I'm only – I'm in South Dakota, so it's like – an eight hour drive. So, okay. Right. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, so 
All right, so we got the hard question out of the way. <laughs> so, um, man, I don't even hardly know where to start, and I've done this for a while. Yeah. So, how did you become the new poster person for Team Seagate? Well, I guess that all came about after after God's own this year. Nathan got in touch with me. Um, asking if I'd be interested at any stage and and potentially racing with them if the opportunity came available and and sure enough later on in the year it, it did become available um, and just yeah to have the opportunity to to head along and race with them and and I guess learn um, a bit from them as being someone kind of younger and up and coming in the sport so yeah it was an incredible opportunity. So and well and. Don't worry, we're going to kind of get into your history and your background stuff. But what what do you think Nathan saw in you? Because let's face it, well, okay, New Zealand doesn't have all the good female athletes in the world, but you got a bunch of them. So why why do you think you kind of stood out to them? Yeah, I would definitely ask for for having a lot of the top women adventure races, and I guess possibly the fact of my age and that you know. Being, I think I was 19 when I did my first multi-day race means that I might have a bit of a potentially a good future ahead of me in the sport as opposed to, you know, some some women are probably nearing the end of their kind of racing days and and I guess I've probably improved a fair bit throughout the, the couple of years that I have been involved. So I guess, yeah, possibly that. I had a, um, a good result earlier on this year in the the coast to coast race i'm not sure if you're familiar mm. with that yep i am yeah, yeah. kind of our iconic um multi-sport race so yeah i guess possibly those might be some of the reasons why huh. so um you know when i've talked to nathan he's i asked him if he'll if he is willing to take on the role as kind of the godfather of um new zealand adventure racing do yeah. you think that puts pressure on you to be the the not the godmother, but you're going to be kind of uh, in the spotlight as an example? Is are you are you going to enjoy that, or do you think that might end up being a little bit of a hassle? You know, I guess I just try not to put too much pressure on myself um, <laughs> at all when I go into races, and it's hard, you know. I mean, not to do that. I guess you always feel a bit of pressure yeah. going into a race, but I so just try and try and take it as it comes and just do my best. Yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds like a good attitude for to me. The way you should be. So yeah, just just do the job and let the people think what they want, right? Yeah. Exactly. Let let the results speak for themselves. Yeah. So let's uh, let let's go back and we'll start at the beginning. So how how did you get into adventure racing what was your background before before um so i've always from a young age been involved in a lot of sport i played um football or, or soccer at mm -hmm. um a fairly high level throughout for uh, a good 10 years while i was at school um and also was did a lot of running alongside that and then um towards the end of high school I got involved with our kind of outdoor pursuits program that we had. Um, and we also in New Zealand have a, a really cool competition. Um, and it's quite prestigious amongst a lot of schools. And it's a, a week-long competition um, where we compete and we do a, a two-day overnight expedition, um, Rogaine styled, and we do a couple of days of problem solving and we finish with an adventure race on the final day. Um, yeah. And so as a school team, we competed in teams of eight and we trained together um, for the full year, really, leading up to the competition. So I guess that's really where I kind of had my eyes open to the sport. Um, and, and I got to do that for a couple of years. And as right about that time that the first edition of God's Own um, happened in New Zealand, and I kind of knew a few guys doing that and, and watched the dots on my computer screen at home and got, got pretty inspired. So um, once I left high school, I decided to, to give up football and, and to go into a bit of 
but in but in multi-sport racing and, and tried my hand at a couple of races and um to be honest, it wasn't too long after that that I kind of wound up um, racing my first Godzo. So, yeah. So it did, didn't take long. Um, so, I mean, I find this so amazing that, you, okay, New Zealand school kids are doing week-long races, adventure races and row gains and, and, and all that. Do you look at the rest of the world and, and wonder why aren't you doing that? Yeah, you know, I'm sure it's normal to you, right? Um, sort of. I think amongst it's probably um, certainly since God's Own um, started here, whatever it was, five or six years ago. I think there's definitely a growing awareness um, amongst the population of New Zealanders about adventure racing, what it is, and it's certainly becoming more of a normal thing. And I think the the schools race we do, which is known as the Hillary Challenge, that's certainly grown a lot in the last few years and is um yeah it's definitely definitely growing so you know maybe we're just a couple of steps ahead of the rest of the world maybe it maybe it won't take all that long and and everyone else will be catching up but um it certainly is really cool and what it encourages youngsters to do i think well i think you're more than a step or two ahead here at home yesterday was walk to school day yeah, right. And it was, I mean, it was a big deal that like 75% of the kids had walked to school one day. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so when you're part of the Hillary Challenge, does, is that kind of a big deal in your school? I mean, is that like um, being an American football player, you know, in high school, it's kind of a big deal or is it, is it still kind of a niche in high school? Um, yeah, it was a big deal at our school. It's certainly kind of prestigious to say that you were on the team and there would be a whole bunch of kids trialing out for the team and only only eight would make it. Um, so I guess that, yeah, that really helped kind of grow it as well. And it's once you were in the team, yeah, you guess you kind of, kind of thought it was a pretty big deal at the time. Um, but having gone to uh, college in America now, you know, sport, Back here in sport teams, the the kind of level at which people kind of look up to them is is we're nowhere nowhere near that level here. Yeah, well, it, here's my take on that. That's because you guys are all busy doing something in the United States. Everybody's just busy watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, I don't know if people could tell this, but I'm pretty jealous about the state of adventure racing and, and what kids are doing and stuff in New Zealand. And when you compare it to the United States, it's just like, Oh, I don't know. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> We're I, sad. Let's just put it that way. I guess in some ways it's probably a bit of a minority sport over there. Is it? Is the awareness fairly, fairly low or? Yeah, it is. So, so you've actually been adventure racing for, a fairly long time. You're not that much of a rookie, you know, when you start in high school, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I would have done my first expedition race would have been uh, 2014. I mean, I've done four four expedition races now, so I guess I kind of still feel like a rookie. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah. So, so God's Own was your first first expedition, right? Yeah, the third edition of God's Own, yeah. Yeah. What was what was the biggest two parter? What was the biggest surprise about doing it and what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself? Um, you know, the biggest surprise about doing it was probably actually the doing it itself in that hmm? I only wound up being kinda Putting my putting myself out there and, and joining a team a week or, or two weeks before the race. Um, so yeah. when you're going into your first expedition race, you know from not planning on doing one to to doing one a week out, um, that's a <laughs> bit of a surprise in itself. And certainly the kind of preparation and trying to figure out exactly what I was getting myself in for um, was was a bit daunting and a bit scary. Yeah. Um, and what was the second part? Sorry, what did I learn? 
What did what did you learn about yourself after that first experience? I guess, to be honest, you just learn kind of about perhaps about your own limits, and I guess you could say the limits of human endurance are a lot more than you initially realize. You know, like I'm somebody who who loves my sleep. Um, mm-hmm. I love getting good night's sleep, and I, I think that was probably one big thing I was a bit worried about heading into that, just exactly how I was going to cope. And it's it's pretty incredible what the body can do over you know five or six days, just how how little sleep it can run off. Yeah. Do you think after doing that first adventure race that um, it just made your whole your whole body and mind stronger? My my, what I always think about is people, as cyclists say after they race the Tour de France, they're never the same. They're just, they're just stronger. They're in, so do you think that yeah, possibly. you ended up like that? I think probably after the first um, week or two weeks after the race when my body was definitely not stronger, um, I think once you kind of, once you bounce back, um, I think it definitely does come away um you certainly feel different after each race and you probably are able to go out and, and do bigger training loads and that. And certainly from a mental perspective, um, yeah, you definitely do kind of, I find I learn different things about myself each race, um, mm-hmm. which kind of gives you more more mental toughness and strength to go out next time, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, because you've been there, done that, you know, you know, you know, there's more in in you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so you've done the coast to coast, the two day, right? Yeah, that's right. Yes. And and uh, going to step up to the one day next year. Is that? See, I do a little bit of research, <laughs> or or stalking on Facebook. You know, call it what you want, but yeah, that's that's the plan at this stage. Um, yeah, see how see how I get on um, later on in the year, and see how I'm feeling, and all going well. We'll um, have a shot at have a shot at the one day, and see how see how things go. So, how many how many times have you done the two day? Uh, just the once. Just the one. Do you think? I hate asking this question. Do you think? Oh, let me. I, I know how to ask it. Do you think you have enough experience to be really successful at it? Because it seems like it's a race that you really need to do a few times to 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 know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know I don't expect to go out there this time round and and necessarily mm-hmm. do the best that I ever will. I think it does take time. Um, mm-hmm. However, I live in in Christchurch in Canterbury, right right where the race is based, and I guess that does give me the benefit of being able to get out on the course. Um, and train down the Waimakariri River and, and run through Goat Pass and get to know it like the back of my hand. Um, which um, So, yeah, get get over the course of Fever over summer, which certainly gives you an advantage uh, over others, I think. But I think, yeah, I think you probably do learn a bit each time you, you race it, and I feel like I've gained valuable experience from doing the, the two-day this year. Um but no, I, I certainly think it's probably a race which takes a good few years to kind of get it, for everything to fall into place and for it all to, yeah. all to work out. Well, and I think there's a certain amount of, uh, there's a lot of skill and a little bit of luck in a race like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can't train for the luck. No. <laughs> so, um, all right. Adventure racing. So you've done... Uh, Two races now with with uh, the boys, as we'll call them. Yeah. Um. Oh, I got lots of questions about those guys. Okay, let's start with an easy one. Who's the funniest? Who's the funniest guy on the team? Who's the funniest? Uh, uh-huh. I think Chris. Chris probably takes that one. Yeah. See, yeah. I always. I always find it amazing that uh, Nathan is as funny as he is because. And we talked about this, but he's pretty serious at a race. But when you get him away, and I think it's just that uh, he's so serious, so it makes him seem funny. So, yeah, um, yeah, they're all a good laugh. But um, yeah, Chris has got a pretty unique sense of humor. 
Well, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> how 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 well did you know the guys before you, before the first race? Had you trained any together? Had you spent any time together? No, not really. You know, I really just met uh, Nathan really one time and hmm. and Chris one time, and I hadn't actually met Stu before that. So when Nathan, Stu, and I went out and raced together in Denmark, it was really a um, first time really meeting Stu and, and certainly racing with them. So, well, to me, that's kind of the hallmark. You, you're probably going to be a good racer. You can just get in and go with those guys. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so what was that first experience in Denmark like? Was it? Uh, did you did you feel like you belong there, or were you a little bit like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, you know, the guys were really, really good and making me feel like I was, you know you know, deserve to be there and a part of the team. And, mm. and that really did make me feel like I belonged there. Like I wasn't just, you know, just joining Seagate. Um, so that was, that was really cool. Uh, yeah. Oh. And then uh, any, what did, what did you learn from like being with, you know, <laughs> world champions? Yeah. I guess there's a huge amount to learn, isn't there? And, and, yeah. you know, everything that they do or, or that we did, it's just, a matter of um, they make things really simple and and very efficient that just allow them to travel you know steadily and and quickly really is, is what it comes down to you know they look so, after themselves they look after each other and they communicate really well as a team so uh, what do you mean by simple do they break break things down into little little pieces or you know what how does that work I mean, how do you make adventure racing simple? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess it's really just um, systems. I guess you'd say that they've developed over time. Um, you know, with regards to equipment and gear. You know, we could only travel with so much gear, and so we were pretty mm -hmm. light on what gear we had. So that that makes it really easy when you get to a transition. There's not much kind of mucking about to be done when you've only. You know, you've only got one waterproof jacket. You know, it's not hard. Um, and just, yeah, I guess I'm really looking at the, the key aspects of a race, whether it be, you know, navigation or, or nutrition and just, you know, I guess we discussed kind of each aspect before the race and how, how it was going to work and, and who was doing what. Yeah. So what would, let's like say in, at the Raid in France, what was your goal or your job or was your job to learn? Yeah. Um, yeah, basically my job was just to, yeah, I guess like you say, to learn, to, to follow along, to not be afraid to ask any questions. Um, if I saw something, you know, that I wasn't sure about um, and just to, to really try and enjoy the experience and also to, to give it our best shot at, you know, racing at the front of the pack and seeing how it played out. Um, how are you, how was it physically for you? I, and cause I'm just thinking like here you got three big guys that really know what's going And I mean, how were you able to do physically with them? Um, you know, it was certainly a bit, a bit faster than what I've raced before and as I'm sure you can imagine, they they helped out and they looked after me. You know, we, you know, yeah. we've got bike toes, we've got the ability to to shear gear around, and that. And so they certainly looked after me in that sense. Um, but in some ways, the the speed that you go in an adventure race isn't necessarily all that much harder than a than a, a fast training session. It's really just about maintaining that pace for a long time for, for keeping it efficient and for just I guess the difference than what I've been used to racing at is probably just you know we're not we're not stopping for, for silly little things we're not mm. you know sometimes heading in the wrong direction <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's yeah those all those little mistakes if you don't make them really makes a big difference yeah exactly yeah yeah so um is there anything that really surprised you 
racing at that elite level, um, either positively or negatively? Um, I guess I'd kind of, I, I guess I was surprised by just how how little different it felt perhaps to a team racing and, and, and the midfield of a race, which is what I've kind of, you know, where I've finished in the, the previous races that I've done. And that it doesn't, didn't feel all that different other than what, like I, like what I said in that, where, you know, we're being more efficient, we're moving slightly faster and, and we're always, you know, Chris's navigation is, is pretty outstanding. Um, <laughs> And I guess it's it's just amazing how just those small things end up, you know, making a big difference. And I guess sometimes I kind of found myself a bit kind of surprised that we really were at the front of the field, you know. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that uh, is a good feeling having Chris and Stu, Stu there to navigate, right? Yeah, so it's, it's fairly reassuring, yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. Hi, hypothetical question number one. Yeah. What if you're out in a race and oh, this is a dumb question. What if you think that they're wrong in their navigation? I mean, you really, really think they're wrong. You, are you able yet to like say no? Hey, guys, what's you're not right. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't say no. You're not right, but I think I feel. <laughs> I feel confident in, in questioning that now. You know, I've been mm-hmm. in a few situations in the past where I've I've later kicked myself for, for not questioning things earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And certainly having done a little bit of navigation myself, I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody questioning. I, you know, I think it's better that somebody questions it and we confirm things. Um, uh-huh. Then you know, finding out later down the track. So, um, so you 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 say yeah. Later, you you kick yourself for not like speaking up. Yeah, is that because maybe you were on? You're not necessarily on uh, a, with teammates you really know, or is it because? Oh, I hate uh, because you're a woman. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes I think, you know, I've got woman's intuition and I, yeah. you, you have a sense that something might not be quite right. Yeah. But, but for me, probably often not necessarily knowing my teammates that well and, and for, you know, being a bit younger, I kind of just, you know, and I'm, I'm naturally fairly quiet and I just keep my mouth shut and then, you know, when things don't pan out, you know, well and, you kind of realize that you, you're better off to say say something at the time. It's just not worth it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I should have I should have phrased that question because you're young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess I don't know this for sure, but you you are racing with the team at Worlds, right? No, I'm actually not going to no? racing with Seagate at Worlds. Oh, see. There's my lack of lack of um, um, uh, research. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I can't ask you then how you're going to do at Worlds. <laughs> no, so I'm going to be racing uh, at Worlds with uh, Torpedo Seven New Zealand Adventure. Oh. So, so you are going to be racing at Worlds. I, I will be there. Yeah. So that's something so, to look forward to. But so, okay. How do you think Torpedo Seven is going to do at Worlds? Oh, we're going to do awesome. Yeah. um, I'm looking at this as it's going to be a really, really competitive race. I mean, is that kind of the feeling, you know, with you and with, you know, maybe people you've talked to in New Zealand? Yeah, definitely. When you you take a look at that team list, um, there's certainly a a lot of names and a lot of team names out there definitely to be wary of. And I think it it certainly looks to me, I guess I haven't been following adventure racing for all that long, but it it certainly looks to me like the strongest field I've seen um, entered in a race for some time. Yeah. Well, I think strong team and I'm, I'm guessing that Craig is going to have a, like the, you know, it's been uh, the last three years at Worlds have been an adventure, and I think this might be a little more of a race. Right. Um, 
which, okay, here's a question. When you get a few more years of experience, do you think, to use a shorthand, you will be a better adventure, adventure racer or a racer? I mean, do you think you're going to be one of those people that can go just hard for a long time or do you think you're going to have a lot of speed? Um, I guess I'd like to think that I'd be able to do, to do both. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing a bit of a multi-sport now for a bit and, and my speed, while I'm by no means a, a track sprinter or, or anything like that, I can mm-hmm. um, go certainly, you know, do the short things okay. Um, yeah. not slow. Um, and at the same time, the terrain that we race in in New Zealand and, and what we raced over in France, it's certainly pretty tough terrain. And I think maybe the, the adventure side that you talk of is probably the the element that might take me a few more years to develop, just getting that kind of mm. the strength and the power that you need to be able to, you know, hike a bike for hours on end or, or you know, certainly the stories of some of the terrain that's covered in, in South America. I think some of that is, yeah, what will require that extra strength that might just take a bit bit more time to, to fully develop. But I'd like to think that, you know, given a few years that, that I'll get there and, and hopefully have both aspects. Yeah, well, that's, that's it's really cool that you um, have already found a sport yeah that you're good at and you want to be really good at yeah you know. what's what's your favorite part of adventure racing you know bike track kayak transition um <laughs> well we try not to stay in the transition for too long yeah. but um probably probably not the paddling just um well certainly after the first couple of days and that that's where it tends to be hardest to to stay alert and to stay awake. Um, Mm -hmm. But it probably really just depends what kind of terrain we're covering, but I probably enjoy the the riding and the trekking equally as much. Yeah. And is there any any part of adventure racing or, and you can't say rollerblading, that, I really don't ever want to have to try. <laughs> uh, uh, my my career in rollerblading is off to a rocky start. Um, <laughs> but no, I I really enjoyed um, a few disciplines in France that I hadn't done before. You know, I, I haven't done a lot of ropes work before, and and canyoning either, which I know is pretty pretty poor for a New Zealander. Um, but I enjoyed you know giving those a go. I'm. I'm not big on swimming, so I I don't enjoy doing that so much in a race, especially when you you know you've got a pack on and you're wearing your running shoes. It's not yeah. it's not always easy. But no, yeah. rollerblading's definitely yeah. right down the right down the bottom of the list. Yeah, I think I've told the story before of my wife training for rollerblading, and it didn't turn out nice. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to uh, sit down gracefully at 30 miles an hour. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I found that out. (laughs) So um, training, my shorthand is, are you a person that wants to see what's over the next ridge or are you a heart rate monitor trainer? Oh, um, I'm I'm probably a mix between the two, you know. Um, in the last year mm-hmm. or so, I've started training um, with a heart rate monitor and and uploading my training and, and looking at the data, which I quite enjoy. That kind of looking at the you know statistics and the numerical values as well. But at the same time, I like kind of incorporating big missions into my training, um, where I I might wear my heart rate monitor and that, but you just forget about the numbers and just go out there and really just enjoy getting out into the back country and, and, you know, having a real adventure out there. So yeah, a, a real mixture for me. Yeah. Well, I think I, I, in talking to a b- bunches and bunches of adventure racers, I think most of them started out kind of like on the heart rate. And then I think as you get older, you, you, you know what your body's doing. You don't really need to monitor it. So, yeah. 
you can just go out on the big. I love I love that term going out on a big mission. Big mission. You I know. think that's a, probably a very Kiwi, very New Zealander a term, but we we like to talk about our big missions that we've done. Yeah, I think in the U.S. we use epics, but I like I like mission. I'm going to start using that. So, <laughs> so um, and I kind of ask this because a few people have asked me to ask people, but what, so what's like a, a training week for you? I mean, like how many hours and kind of, you know, what do you do? Do you, a mix of everything or do you one week, you know, run one week bike or how do you train? Yeah. Uh, so, so leading up to God's own in, in France this year, I was probably doing uh, my average training week might look between probably 15 to 20 hours, maybe maybe 25 hours at, at the peak. Um, mm-hmm. And I do a mixture of everything in, in the week. So on a, on a weekday, I'd normally fit in a couple of disciplines. Um, so it might be, you know, a couple of hours running in the hills and, and then getting out in the boat for an hour or two or, or, or on, the, on the bike as well. Um, I do I've got a gym program that I do to uh, a couple of times a week just for you know kind of prehab and just injury prevention, but also trying to build some of that strength and power that we talked about earlier. Um, doing that, I, I, there's a few group kind of speed sessions that I like to get involved with training with others, and and a group always makes it easier when you're trying to do running, running intervals or or kayaking mm-hmm. intervals, and then um, really utilizing the weekends um to get out on some of those some of those big missions not always sometimes mm-hmm. it'll just be you know another few hours on the bike few hours running or or also you know making use of any kind of local races that are around just to just to keep you know the speed up and something that's kind of good to chuck in at the end of a, a big training week and just use it to kind of you know for a bit more training load yeah so what happens if you wake up tomorrow and you're like, I'm tired. Will you, can you take a day off and go hang out and do fun things? Or do you just, are you like, no, I got to do something. Um, I'm, I'm pretty committed to my training and um, mm-hmm. it's, it's sometimes a hard line to know when, when you're too sick to go training and, or, or when you should just kind of suck it up and, and get out there um, and I think I learn a bit more about my body each time and when when it needs to break because I think you've got to listen to your body. But um, mm. certainly it's not not always easy. <laughs> Hitting out, you know, when, when the weather's bad, when you're feeling tired isn't always the easiest thing in the world. But um, sometimes it's just got to be done. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. It's, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's that is the fine line between going too hard and getting sick and, and uh, yeah, backing off. So, um, do you, do you know much of the history of adventure racing in in New Zealand? Is there anybody that you kind of look back at and look and say, "Man, if I had a career like that, I'd be happy." Um, I I know a little bit uh, about it. Yeah. I've you know, there's a new book that I think has just come out, Checkpoint Twenty Five. I haven't got my I think that's the name, but I haven't got my hands on that yet. But I have um, read Nathan's book, um, mm-hmm. which has got you know a good bit about the history, and I was probably probably a bit envious of the kind of what I think of as the, the golden days of adventure racing, maybe 10, 15, 15 years ago, where you know the guys were doing it you know professionally or or semi professionally. But I think certainly you know. Nathan, Stu, Chris, and Sophie are all, all people that I really look up to. And, you know, if I could be, you know, achieve what they have, you know, in their time racing, then, you know, that's certainly something to aspire to. So, well, those are not bad role models. <laughs> so, um, what do you think is your ultimate upside and adventure racer? an adventure racing. I mean, do you think you can be world champion a time or two? Yeah, I, I'd certainly like to think so. You know, I've got a few years ahead of me yet, like, hopefully, all going well. And, you know, I'd like to, th- like to think that, you know, as time goes on, it'd, it'd be, 
yeah, definitely a, a goal of mine to to win a world championship one day. But yeah, just do you think that's like uh, let's see, like it's obviously a very realistic goal, but part of it is because obviously you're young, you're strong but you also have that infrastructure of adventure race teams. Um, I don't even know what my question is. Um, yeah, I say you're going to be six-time world champion. How's that? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. well, we got a, we got a few years to go on that. Um, no, I guess I'm saying that it's it's got to be an advantage being able to race with such – good race with and against such good racers all the time yeah yeah exactly and that's definitely beneficial I think for building yourself as an athlete and you know that's like with the the caliber of of races and and athletes here in New Zealand um I guess everyone kind of pushes themselves to be better because of the kind of talent that we're surrounded with and you, you know you look at the the quality of teams that race are at God's own, and it's 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 a pretty high level. Um, so I guess that's yeah. cool in, in terms of developing ourselves as a nation of adventure races. But yeah, I guess you don't adventure racing is a sport too, where you don't want to be too results focused. You know, when you're out there racing, I guess you don't. You don't, you're not spending the whole time with the finish line in mind. You know, it's as much a, mm-hmm. a journey as a race. And if you were doing it purely focused on, you know, the kind of finish line and post-race, I don't think you'd get that far. You're more, I find that something, you know, you really just need to enjoy the moment as much as possible and just focus on the moment. And I guess that's kind of the same with the, you know, the long term, I guess, to just see, you know, what happens and go with the flow and, and see, you know, take it as it comes. Sounds, yeah, I think that's that's a good attitude. I, I got one more question, and it's kind of a two-parter. Okay. Which, which is a bigger deal for you, and which is a bigger deal for the general person in New Zealand, winning coast-to-coast or winning God's Zone? Yeah, it's a really tough one, actually. You know, coast to coast, 10 years ago, was kind of the talked about multi-sport event in New Zealand, um, and it was very prestigious. But, you know, over time, there's other other events have crept in, and, and right around that time as well. And I think, you know, entry numbers have, have definitely dropped off since then. Um mm-hmm. It's really hard to know, and and God's Zone's almost kind of the opposite. You know, we had Richie McCora, the All Blacks rugby captain, competing in God's Zone last year, and certainly given it kind of a huge, you know, the media presence there has given it huge awareness amongst, um, you know, the public. And if anything, I guess it's hard to say what's going to happen to the two events in the coming years. Yeah. But in some ways, they're they're different sports in that, you know, multi-sport is an individual sport and God's own is a, yeah. is a team sport. I guess the, the title of a coast to coast champion is, is probably, probably still more kind of prestigious than, than a God's own title. Um, for me, it's, it's hard to know. I, I enjoy the two probably equally as much, you know, racing, yeah. you know, adventure racing in a team and, and doing multi-sports, so I might have to not fully answer the question and say, you know, maybe maybe the both of them equal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's 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 uh, a fair answer. Okay, now I have one more question because I always say I have one more question. <laughs> if if you win, if you win coast to coast and God Zone in the same year, can you be elected Queen of New Zealand? You know, if we had a queen in New Zealand, I, I think maybe, but uh, <laughs> maybe. But given we don't have a queen, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so that would be um, his. I'm guessing nobody has done that yet, right? Uh, when both in the same year. Oh, Sophie Hart may have. Um, oh. I'm not entirely sure. She won. 
she won coast a few years ago i don't oh well see we might i might you know what i might even look that up and and put it in the show notes or in my introduction yeah <laughs> so, do that and but she might so, be the, um yeah the reigning queen of new zealand then if that's new zealand <laughs> well um all I know is I'm never going to arm wrestle Sophie after seeing her in Ecuador. Um, Mimi was from the French team was getting some water out of a jug thing, yeah, you know, with a little spout. And Sophie walked over and she looked at it, and this is a five gallon jug of water, and she picked it up with one hand and filled her water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's. That's some big arms that you're going to have to uh, um, deal with someday. That, that's why she's my role model. Yeah, <laughs> um, and a good one she is. This has been wonderful. Thank you. I'm uh, glad to uh, see that the youth movement is is alive and well, right? Yeah. No, of course. So. Yeah, it's been good talking to you. All right. Well, with any luck, I'll... Uh, We'll get to say hi in about a month in Australia. Yeah, that would be great. I'll, I'll look forward to it. So thanks for the chat. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. it around I'd have me a crop and it'd be on top that's why I'm moving to Montana moving to Montana soon gonna be a dental floss tycoon yes I am moving to Montana soon
gonna find me a horse just about this big and ride him all along the borderline with a pair of heavy duty zircon encrusted tweezers in my hand every other wrangler would say I was mighty grand by myself I wouldn't have no balls, but I'd be raising my lonely dental flaws. Well, I might ride along the border with my tweezers gleaming in the moonlight at night. And then I get a cup of coffee and give my foot a push. Just me and the pygmy pony over by the dental floss. And then I might just jump back on and ride like a cowboy into the dawn of Montana. <laughs> 